Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ubi Estmia. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This is a podcast about Chicago by former Chicagoans. Today's guest is current San Diegoan, San Diegan? Person that lives in San Diego, Trevor McSpadden. Trevor used to be the frontman of the very popular band, the Hoyle Brothers. You could see them every Friday night at the Empty Bottle in Chicago. You could then, you can now. He's currently a solo artist, and his next album comes out early 2016. This conversation is all about what brought a man from Texas to Chicago and what made him leave. During the show, you'll hear some of Trevor's music, and we'll actually close with a brand new song from Trevor. So, without further ado, here's our interview with Trevor McSpadden. I'm in San Diego, California. Why San Diego? Well, my wife got a job here is the is the real reason. That's a very good reason to go anywhere. Well, it, it, yes, it is. It's uh, it, it's it was the only reason to come here. Um, she uh, Sarah is a uh, she's a federal public defender. And so the, the public defender's office here in San Diego is, is well respected, and she has some friends that work here, and she kind of was able to uh, to, to get a, a gig, and uh, so that's how we ended up in San Diego, California. How many years has it been? Well, we are all we've we've almost been here for two years. In January, it'll be two years. And you um, you've been back to Chicago since then at, at least once. Is that correct? Uh, Yes, I think. Well, no, a couple times, a couple times. Yeah, yeah, just twice. Is it weird going back? Uh, it was really nice going back. The last time I went back was in July, and um, played a show with the Hoyle Brothers. Um, did a couple gigs actually in Chicago, and then I it was sort of the beginning of a tour from Chicago to L.A. Um, and yeah, it was really nice to go back to Chicago. Uh, I have. I have many, many negative things to say about my experience in San Diego, but uh, but even despite all that, going back to Chicago was it, it was like I felt grateful to have spent time there, and also glad to not be there anymore. Well, let's start a little bit before. Why? What brought you to Chicago? You're not from there. No, I'm not from there. I moved to Chicago in 2005, in January of 2005. Uh, for a job, I, I worked um, in 2004. I worked for a band called Los Lonely Boys. Um, I don't know if you remember them. At so all. you know, you worked for Los Lonely Boys before they were a big deal. Well, no, that that was like the year that they were a big deal. Got it. Okay. Um, it was 2000. Yeah, I think yeah, 2004. So uh, I worked for about a year for their manager in Austin. And the, the booking agency that represented Los Lonely Boys is in Chicago. So I did a lot of work with them and kind of on a whim one December, early December, December of 2004, just said, hey, you guys hiring. As it happened, they were hiring. So I flew up there, did a job interview with them, and they offered me the job. And so then that January, I moved to Chicago. Um, and it was sort of strategic. I was dating a girl at the time that was interested in Chicago. She was finishing up um, a theater program and was interested in you know Second City and that kind of stuff. Um, so I you know I got that that gig at Monterey International and moved up there. And then she moved up later. Um, so it was definitely you know it had been on my radar. I had been to Chicago like one spring break trip with my dad. We took Amtrak from Austin up to Chicago, and I guess I was in junior high then. 
and remember even at that point thinking, hey, this is a cool town. I think I'd like to live here someday. It's a good memory from junior high. Yeah, how about it? Yeah, yeah. I um, knew I didn't know you as a musician for a very long time. I knew you as an actor for a while. Yeah. Well, and that was just through through Jessica, that, who I just mentioned. That you know, we kind of moved up to Chicago together. Although I moved up there six months before she did, but that's how I got the gig with the the Letters X crew. Jessica had been in that show for for one year, and then the next year when it came around, I auditioned as well, um, and and did that. And then I you know I got a few other acting gigs you know, from that. Um, but I never really, when I was in Chicago, I wasn't seeking out any acting work. Um, you know, was was more focused on the music. Yeah. So, how did you and the Hoyle brothers hook up? Well, so when I first got to Chicago, I one of the first places I went to was the Old Town School of Folk Music, and um, kind of got tapped into a a scene there. There was a class there called the Honky Tonk Ensemble. And so down in the basement on Tuesday nights, I think, there was this group of, of guys that, that played you know, classic country stuff, and nobody sang. So when I got to town, I, I signed up for this class, and it was great because they, they needed a singer, and, and it worked out just great. So I, that, that crew sort of turned into my first band in Chicago called The True Historians. The True Historians band started kind of swimming in the same circles or same pool as, as the Hoyle Brothers. You know, of course, I knew the Hoyle Brothers, and I remember going down to the Empty Bottle on a Friday and seeing them in action. And, and we actually started doing a gig on Fridays close to, at, at this place called Betty's Blue Star, um, which wasn't too far away from the Empty Bottle, but in hopes of attracting some of the Hoyle people that would want to come to, to our show later on that night. Anyway, long story short, the, the singer, Jack Judy, the founder and singer, the original singer of the Hoyle Brothers, moved from Chicago to Austin. And so... At that time, the Hoyle brothers were, were singerless. They needed a front man, but they were hiring different people. They would have different subs come in for different gigs. And I did a few of those gigs at the Empty Bottle and then a few here and there. You know, we, we everybody in town knew that they were looking for somebody. Um, and so I did a few of those gigs, and it, it just felt really good to us all. And, and I, I don't remember – I'm not even really sure if there was any, like, official discussion. It sort of was just like, yeah, we should, we should make, you know – I should be the guy. How long did you play with them? Five years. That's a long time. Yes, yes, a long time. <laughs> a long time, and yeah. To my knowledge, they're still at the Empty Bottle every Friday night. Yes, they are. They're still at the Empty Bottle. I did my my last gig with them was was like September of 2013. And I think they did the, the same approach. They kind of you know hired different people. There's a lot of country singers in town, and so... They had a bunch of different people, but they have a, a new steady guy na named Miles now. And um, I got to go to the Empty Bottle last time I was in town, saw him sing and play, and it's great. You know, it, it really is a good thing. Um, and and that Empty Bottle gig, I think, will will go on for forever. You know, I mean, there's still a huge crowd down there. The band, I think, 
can kind of the Hoyle brothers entity sort of has gotten to a point where I think it kind of can exist no matter who's in the band. Okay. Um, so I think it's a it's a cool thing. It's definitely. I mean, it's part of the, the Chicago fabric for sure. Well, when you moved to Chicago, you, did you know anything about the music scene? I didn't really. I, I I thought I had been playing country stuff for for a long long time in Texas, and and when I moved to Chicago, I thought that I was going to give all that up and was kind of ready to. I mean, I had never really been in any any legitimate bands in Texas. You know, just like bands with my friends and stuff. We we had some limited success, but I, I never saw it as a serious thing. Going to the Old Town School was was the eye opening experience for me. I, I went to see a show there. And you know, picked up a little schedule of classes, and I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that there was some sort of institution that w- was doing that sort of stuff, um, and and that really was the inspiration, I guess, to get more serious about the music stuff. Just I saw so many people playing country gigs around town, and it was just familiar. You know, it was. I I, I think this was in my biography one time, like on a website many many years ago. But it was like. You know, I would go to like the corner bars in Chicago were not unlike the the roadhouses of Texas. You know, it was very familiar to me, um, the scene, and uh, and so I you know, was glad to find that there was an audience for country music in Chicago. Is that audience there in San Diego? No, <laughs> it is not. Um, it is not, uh, and I, it, yeah, it has been a real a real challenge. We we came to San Diego really sight unseen. We, we came out here. We had moved. So at the end of 2013, Sarah and I, well, we had a baby. We had a, a baby girl in August. And then we packed up all our stuff, put it in a storage pod, and sent the pod to Nashville. And we were out on the road driving around doing gigs, and we went to Texas for a while. And we, anyway, in that time was when the, this office here had reached out to Sarah about, about this particular job. And so we, we came to San Diego and did the interview and, um, and you know, the, the job was, was good enough for her that we, we knew if, if they offered it to her, we were going to take it. Um, so I didn't really have any time to explore San Diego. Um, all I knew is that it was close to LA and I knew that I could probably get some work in LA. Um, and, uh, so yeah, the, 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 the deal in San Diego has been a bit of a challenge for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, and you know, I could I could talk more and more about that, but that's this we're supposed to be talking about Chicago. Right <laughs> well, I, I think having a child is a huge part of uh, obviously who you are now, and sure, that alone must make it weirder to go out and play every night of the week. Uh, it, it's a little different now. Actually, I have two kids now. Jeez, yeah. congratulations! Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, we had uh, we had another little girl um, a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago on Halloween. Um, so I've got Pearl, who's two years old, and Lila, who's one years old, uh, one year old. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a totally different thing now. Although it um, it it's not vastly different. I mean, my job is still the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I still book the gigs and go out and play them and, and come home. It I feel a little bit more like uh, I, I sort of liken it now. I, I kind of feel like a ninja now. Okay. I know I know what the gig is. I know what time to be there. I know what time to load in. I go in, do my show, get my money, and go home. Um, you know, I try to keep it as as strategic as possible. Whereas, you know, back in the day, I mean, you know, sp- specifically at the Empty Bottle, you know, that gig started at five thirty, and and you know, oftentimes 
you know, the empty bottle gig would spill over into either another gig or at another bar or whatever, you know, that there was a lot of kind of hanging out time Yeah, that happened, which doesn't happen as much for me anymore. Did um, you, do you feel like you got that out of your system or it was never really something that you desired? Oh, I think I got it out of my system. I don't think, you know, I, I certainly have, uh, the, you know, the trappings of, of the bar scene are, are easy to, to find and easy to pick up on and easy to be a part of. Um, and yeah, I was able to sort of take advantage of some of that stuff for, for a good long while and, and certainly enjoyed doing that in Chicago. Chicago has a great bar scene there's a bar on every corner and it, and, and they're great bars and, and the kind of bars that you want to spend some time in. Um, so yeah, I think in a lot of ways I got that out of my system. Um, not that it's not attractive to me now, but I know, I guess I know how it ends. I know how it all ends. Whatever, whatever you want out of the, the nightlife, I have seen enough of it or experienced enough of it to know, to know how, how it all winds up. Yeah. And, and so that feels, I see the end game more so than I ever did uh, before. Where did you live when you were in Chicago? I moved, my first apartment in Chicago was on Oak Street downtown in, in the Gold Coast area. Really? Yeah. Why? So when I came up, I came up for that interview at Monterey and, and looked for a bunch of apartments during that trip and wasn't able to find anything. And then, so I had to, I was kind of looking on Craigslist back in Texas and there was a sublet available on Oak Street and I saw that it was downtown, fairly close to the office that I was going to be working at. I had no idea what Oak Street was all about, no idea what the Gold Coast was all about. Um, and so, you know, it was January 3rd or 4th, I think, when I finally rolled into town. I had a U-Haul truck full of stuff, and it was icy and snowy and cold. And, you know, I, I had – I don't even think I had a – there was no smartphones or I didn't have one. You know, I had a map that I had printed out, I guess, to get to Oak Street. And, uh, you know, pulled into downtown up to this apartment building. And there was a doorman. I'd never lived in any place that had a doorman before. Um, and so, you know, it's like, is this right? Am I at 40 East Oak? And sure enough, that's that's the apartment, the first apartment that I lived in, um, which was actually a pretty good deal. I think it was like 700 bucks a month for everything, you know, Internet and utilities and a fairly decent sized studio apartment. Um, so then from there... When Jessica moved to town, we moved to um, Wrigleyville at Roscoe at Sheffield. There's, I think there's a Penny's noodle shop right there. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. We lived in that building. The owner of Penny's was the landlord. Um, did you so get a deal? Kind of a, what's that? Did you get a deal on the food? We did. We had a lot of Penny's noodles during that time. Good. Uh, uh, and the train, it's right where the, the brown line tracks kind of bend around. Yeah. Um, so the train went over our apartment, uh, which again, like, you know, coming from Texas was super bizarre and, and it was fantastic. You know, did you ever Same. get used to that roar? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Very quickly. Um, it was not a big deal. Um, and so then we, well, we broke up, Jessica and I broke up and I moved down the street. Uh, I lived at Belmont Damon. Roscoe Village area for, for a long, long time uh, with a couple of, of uh, roommates in a really groovy apartment, uh, super cool building that is now gone. They, they knocked it all down and um, will, I think it was all, 
under construction when I was there in July, but I'm sure it's now some sort of condo. Of course, of course. Rectangular condo things. And it was right down the street from the Hungry Brain. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that's where I lived. And then when I got together with Sarah, who is now my wife, um, we we knew that we wanted to move out of Chicago, but we she had one more year to go on this uh, fellowship that she was working on, and I, you know, had many things to kind of tie up and finish up there. So we moved down to Little Village. Did you like Little Village? It was cool. It was it was interesting to be on the south side of Chicago, and I I'm glad that we had that experience um, because. You know, there's a whole other city down there that I didn't didn't get to be exposed to very much of. You know, living on the north side, and it was cool. We were we were fairly early adopters. I, I don't know what it's like down there now, but we were you know we were pro- on the on the front end of uh, of that gentrification thing that happens uh, a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, I liked it. It was cool. It was a little difficult. Socially, it was difficult. We, you know, the, it was hard to get friends to come down there. We lived right off the the pink line, but you know, it was still a bit of a trek for most people to come down there. So that that proved difficult. It was a long, long bike ride uh, from from there up to the old town school. I, at that point, I had gotten a job at the old town school. I was working in the music store there. Okay, and so I would ride my bike, uh, and it, it was a bit of a trek to get up there, but but cool. But it was a cool old apartment and a nice big street of boulevard, you know, so there was a big, beautiful front area, green space. Um, the the guy that owned the building was a real groovy photographer. He had bought the building a while back, and he and his wife lived upstairs. We lived downstairs. So, the, you know, it was it was cool. Nice. Um, yeah, it was a nice it was a nice way to go out, I think, uh, in terms of just a broader Chicago experience. Do you or Sarah speak Spanish? Uh, Sarah does a little bit. She, she was working at the National Immigrant Defense Center at the time uh, in Chicago, so she, she was speaking Spanish. And I knew a lot. When I lived in Texas, I was able to speak Spanish pretty well, you know, conversationally. Mm-hmm. We would go to Mexico quite a bit, but I, I have since lost that. Okay. Uh, it, doesn't, you know, it doesn't happen anymore. How did you and Sarah meet? She walked into the music store at the Old Town School. She needed uh, she needed frets, uh, not frets. She needed new tuners on her guitar, and uh, and now she has two babies. So you were able to I don't know how you be able to finagle uh, a lawyer wife out of your musician troubadour lifestyle. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And it just wa- I mean she walked in the door. She she just walked in, and uh, and I you know I had her pegged from the get go. I, I, I am both very happy for you and I feel bad for your lovely wife. That's uh, <laughs> it's a much diff, more difficult future. Where is Sarah from? She's from Iowa. She's from Iowa. So it's an Iowa female. It's an Iowa woman and a and a Texas male or man. Right. Sorry about that. And, <laughs> and you both ended up in Chicago. Who wanted to leave more? I think I wanted to leave more. Yeah? I was ready. I, I you know getting back to the Hoyle brothers. You know, doing that gig um, was great, and I, I getting getting to play with those guys at that time in my musical education was huge for me. Mm-hmm. I would not be able to do you know what I'm doing now, the confidence that I have, and just you know my ability to go out into the world and, and put on a country show. I would never be able to to, to be doing that 
had I not gotten the gig with the Hoyle Brothers. stage oh yeah yeah I, I, I am always you know I, I think my you know I am always looking for uh, bigger and better opportunities um, and and not and, and really it's not not even in terms of like fame or fortune or anything like that but with within in, in the the same thing I'm talking about with this Hoyle deal you know at that time in my life Seeing that band doing that gig at the empty bottle was that was like the coolest thing that I could imagine mm-hmm. at that time, right? And so getting to do that gig, I, I got good at it. I knew, you know, okay, I know exactly how to go into a bar and put on a country show. And you know, and I just did that on Sunday, this biker bar up, up in the Santa Ana Mountains. You know, I, I did that the, the thing, you know, the four hour kind of bar country cover gig. But but I'm good at that now, and I know how to do that now. It's in my bag of tricks. But what I am not, I don't feel, I'm ready for, but I'm not, I haven't had the amount of exposure that I need yet, is more of like the the listening room vibe um, or the or like the ticketed show type performance. Um, so when you ask that question, am I looking for a bigger stage? That's what I feel like I am am moving towards. Is I want to I want to be able to put on not just a barroom show, but mm-hmm. like a, a nightclub show. If that makes sense, it does make sense, and it's interesting because I don't think that a lot of people view it in that. I mean, I'm from Chicago. It's not like I ever think of the city as a country music mecca, but there happens to be a lot of country music from there, or have at least passed through there, and it didn't mean a lot for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, even way back when. Uh, the the WLS Barn Dance radio show mm-hmm. predates the Grand Ole Opry, and that was based in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, so this is you know there was a lot of, of migration I think of southern southern folks coming up there looking for work and stuff. So I mean it, country music definitely has a long history there. Um, but you know in my travels I I mean I not to say that I have have been everywhere in the United States, but man there. Are, there's country music everywhere, much like there's jazz or mm-hmm. blues. You know, all, all those those rootsy genres exist in every town, and and you know, certain bands or certain people might get a little more attention for for them. 
Um, obviously, certain places are known more for a genre, like obviously Nashville and stuff. But you know, there's country bands here uh, in California, and and it's cool, you know. But it's not. A- I love how you say that. Like, there's a hesitation in your voice. Like, you just want to believe it so badly. Well, it's you know, I mean, Chicago. You you had to have your shit together to play in Chicago. Uh, well, yeah. actually, I would beg to differ. I think you could have your shit not together, and then you probably wouldn't want to play anymore. Well, I guess, you know, and again, I think it gets back to, to the exposure that I was lucky to have with the Old Town School and, and with the Loyal guys. I mean, those were all gigging musicians, working musicians. Um, and so, you know, as a young a young man, I was able to, to get to be associated with some of these old dogs that have been doing it for a long time. So my perspective is a little different. Is there an old town equivalent in San Diego? No, no way. There's not an old town equivalent anywhere that I know of. Really? No, no. There's a place in Denver called Swallow Hill, which does a very similar thing. And they, they teach lessons on, um, you know, you can take a banjo class or fiddle class and they have, some ensemble classes and they do concerts as well. I think that's probably the closest thing. And there may be, you know, I don't know, I'm not as familiar with like the East Coast or maybe there's something similar on the East Coast or, you know, down in the South somewhere. But I, I don't, I have not ever seen or heard of anything that even remotely uh, uh, approaches what the Old Town School is doing. Um, in an it, ideal, it is, it, it's a special thing. In an ideal world, would you still be there? No, 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 no. I, I miss, I miss the old town school. You know, I miss that little job at the music store. I never taught there, and I, I, I you know, I, 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 that would be a regret. I wish I would have been able to teach a class there. I think that would have been fun. Um, no, I don't think so. I was ready. I was ready to leave. I knew, you know, I had Chicago had had run its course for me when I got there. You know, I can remember that Oak Street apartment and walking around and really feeling. I felt a real strong pull to that city. Even, like I said, even at that trip to uh, junior high, mm-hmm. getting off the Amtrak at Union Station, I thought, man, there is something cool here that I want to be a part of. And I remember feeling that when I first got there. And I, I did that, I think, you know, the, the, you know, being involved with that Old Town crew and the Hoyle Brothers crew, you know, it, it, it was, I, I felt a part of that city. Um, but I don't. I don't necessarily feel like I, I, I want to continue that. I, I think I had a great run there, and I'm glad to be gone. San Diego is not the place for me. California is not going to be the place for me. Um, you know, this this experience has been uh, fun. It's been kind of like this this fun little fantasy world that got handed to us mm-hmm. um, out of the blue, um, and and we will. The, the idea, you know, if, if Sarah can do five years at this job, I think it'd be great for her resume. And um, I think we, we will we'll make our escape at that time. <laughs> Where would you like to raise uh, Pearl and Lila? You know, somewhere in the Midwest, I think. I, I, I find myself missing the Midwestern uh, work ethic and uh, just the... The, the social structure of the Midwest, I, I miss that a lot. Um, and I think, you know, I, I don't feel a real strong pull to go back to Texas. If, if you know, if we did, we'd obviously end up in Austin. Um, and I don't think Sarah feels a real strong pull to go back to Iowa. Um, 
I really like Kansas City a lot. You know, I've, I've passed through there several times on, on different tours. I like Kansas City a lot. It seems like it's fairly affordable, and, and there's a lot of uh, groovy stuff happening there. Nashville is still on the radar. You know, we made this big push to go to Nashville, and, and it didn't work out. And so it is it is probably our, our number one destination post-California. Um, and Sarah has been making some connections there in terms of her work. So, you know, I, I think, obviously, for me, in my career, it would be great to be in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I think we'll 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 end up somewhere in the middle of the country uh, to to start you know to start raising Pearl and Lila once they start school you know yeah. What's great about what you do is you can be uh, twenty and brand new and get respect, and you can be fifty and brand new and get respect in your field. Uh, that's kind of unique about your profession. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, I, I definitely am. Oh, employee. by the way, I hope it doesn't take until you're fifty, and that's not what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, I got, you know, this is a long game. I'm playing the long game here. And it's not, I I am not, I'm developing a body of work. Mm-hmm. You know? My my philosophy is is that. I'm, I, you know, I'm not looking for any sort of fireworks up in the sky, sort of flash in the pan things. I'm just developing a body of work and, and using the experiences that I have had, at, you know, growing up in Texas. And then, you know, the, I was in Chicago for eight years. And now I'm in California. I mean, these are all things that will inform me as a performer and songwriter, and, I, and that's hugely beneficial. Um, and yeah, I mean, I certainly have grander ambitions, and I would like. Basically, I, I you know, with this, um, I, I got this new record that just got wrapped up, and, and I'm getting ready to put out in the spring. And I feel like it's a uh, it's an opportunity for me to just sort of put my hat in the ring on a more national scale and say, hey, look, you know, I'm doing this stuff too and, and, and you know, here's, here's what I sound like. Here's my take on it. Um, and so I, I think, you know, it, it is a long game and it's, it's just one piece at a time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I certainly plan on, on doing this uh, for, for many, many years and, and have, you know, there's no, the signs are all positive at this point, you know, I, I, even though it can be challenging. Um, it still, it still feels good. That's so great. I'm very happy for you. I'm, I'm not happy that you're in San Diego because you're not very happy you're in San Diego. But oh, it's you know. Well, I tell you what. Here, here's the thing about San Diego with the kids. It's amazing. Yeah. It, it every day is well, like right now. It's 60 degrees. It's sunny. You know, we're gonna go to the park here in a little bit. I mean, it's it's like with the kids, with my role, my my newfound role as a father and caretaker of two babies. I can't really think of a better place to be just in terms of the opportunities that we have here in San Diego to be outside. You know, you can go to the beach, mm-hmm. the park, the zoo, and all that stuff. So there, my my daily, my daytime, when the sun is up, it's a great place to be. Now, when the sun goes down and it's time for me to go out and, like, play and stuff, I, I have a hard time with it. Um, I'm assuming you play to your children. Oh, yes. Yeah, they're all the time. It's, Pearl has gotten to the point now where when I get the guitar out, she sort of groans. <laughs> but but so, they sing with me, you know. Like if I'm working on a new song, oftentimes during the day I'm around the house. You know, if they're playing on the floor, I'll have the guitar like working on a new tune, and and they pick it up pretty quick. You know, they can they can sing the choruses with me uh, pretty quickly, and uh, yeah, so it's it's cool. Obviously, you know, music is a big part of, of me, and and it was is quickly becoming a big part of them. And I bring them out to gigs as much as possible. Certainly, uh, 
you know, you get a couple babies uh, floating around the tip jar and acting cute. It, it helps, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it helps bring the audience uh, over my side. Um, and so, but they do great. You know, they, they'll, the other night, you know, they both got up on stage and were kind of wandering around and, and, uh, they they know not to touch anybody's pedals or microphones and stuff. So they're they're getting they're getting situated pretty pretty well. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, I I certainly once they're older and we can actually really sing together. I mean, I got big plans. We you know the family band thing <laughs> is is definitely going to be a part of the show at some point. Is Sarah cool with this? Oh yeah yeah she's she's totally on board. She's. You know, if there is, if I do have a biggest fan, it's certainly her. Oh, that's nice. And well, and you know, I, I was doing this long before I met her, and, and we. You know, that, well, really quick though, not every partner uh, likes their partner's music. I just want to throw that out there. I think that's true. You're right, uh, but I, I think she really does. You know, I just like I said this this record that I just finished. I went up to I did it with this Pete Anderson character up in LA and, you know, I got the CD, the, the final CD mixes, um, and brought it back home and, you know, I gave it to her before I even listened to it. Um, and, and she, you know, she, when she came back and said that it was good, I knew that it was okay. You know, that's so great. It was going to be fine. Um, and that's not to say that it's not without challenges. You know, I'm leaving. So I leave on Thursday for, for a weekend of, of gigs up in the central coast um, so I'll be gone this weekend and, and, you know, it, it definitely, it takes some negotiating. Um, but what almost kind of getting back to an earlier point, we're talking about for me, everything just needs to make a little more sense now. Whereas, you know, in, during my time in Chicago, when I was first getting started and playing gigs, man, I'd go play anywhere. It didn't matter. Now, you know, it needs to be, it need, well, it needs to pay some money or it needs to be a cool venue that I, you know, I want to be able to say that I have played. Or it needs to be, you know, in front of an audience that mm-hmm. I think would be important to me. It, it just the strategy is a little more dialed in now than it, than it ever was. And what do you miss the most? Oh, man, what am I, I? The earthiness, you know, just the 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 feeling of being somewhere real and gritty, and and you know the buildings and the. And the pride, I think that's maybe that's what it is. The pride, man. You, if you're living in Chicago and you're from Chicago, you're fucking proud, you know. And I don't, you know, I don't follow sports. I don't mm-hmm. care about anything sports related. But we were at Thanksgiving the other night, and the Bears and the Packers were on, and I was just, I felt proud, you know, like the Bears and the Packers. That's fucking great. And I don't know, you know, I don't care about anything <laughs> sports related, but, but. I still, you know, and even the, the, you know, the Cubs thing will come around every once in a while. Yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, fuck yeah, man, the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I I miss that. I miss, you know, people in Chicago got the Chicago t- flag tattooed on them. Yeah. I, I never did. But people do that kind of stuff there. And I guess maybe people do that in New York, too. Um, but it's, uh, it just, it just feels real and, 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 and honorable somehow, you know magical place um, I do miss it and I am glad to maybe to time sort of wrap things up but to going back to, to to my return there in July and to play with with the guys and to meet you know or to see all my old friends and fans and stuff I just felt so grateful to know that my connection to that city is intact and I can always go back there and 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 pick up on it you know it will never be the same as it was when I lived there 
but it's still there and I have that connection and I will always maintain it. I will never let that go. If you'd like to follow Trevor McSpadden, go to trevormcspadden.com. Follow him on Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash Trevor McSpadden, and he's also on Instagram. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we're at at sign UBSTMIAPod. Follow us on Facebook, backslash UBSTMIA. And feel free to follow me on Twitter. That's at sign YMTE. And listen to the other show that we produce called You, Me, Them, Everybody. Go to you, me, them, everybody.com. Trevor has a brand new album coming out in the early part of 2016, so we're going to premiere one of those songs from that album. This is called Ready to Get Hurt Again from The Only Way, coming out in early 2016. Thanks for listening, and have a wonderful night. Black and blue I'm gonna take that risk again 